Welcome to Catching Curveballs. Join Dr. Moji, a psychology professor at the University of Ohio, and her daughter, Iyabade, a research scientist in California, on a journey of how to make the most of what life throws your way. We hope to make today's podcast as informative and lighthearted as possible. So sit back and join us on this adventure. If you have your own comments or questions, remember to send them to catchingcurveballs at gmail.com or DM us at Catching Curveballs Podcast on Instagram. Both are always listed in the show notes in case you want to double check the spelling. In fact, make it easier on yourself and just go ahead and add that email to your contacts list and follow us on Instagram. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and tell your friends, family, and coworkers to listen. The good news is that this will never be one of those podcasts where you're embarrassed to share it or even admit that you listen to it. All right, mom, how's life? How are you today? Thanks for asking my daughter. Life is going well. My day so far has been all I want it to be. I'd like to share with our listeners some of my favorite quotes related to gratitude and giving thanks. And my thanks go to Jonathan Lockwood-Hewey, who sends me and other fans inspirational quotes daily. The first quote is by Albert Schutzer. Sometimes our light goes out, but is blown into flame by another human being. Each of us owes deepest thanks to those who have rekindled this light. My second quote by Jonathan Lockwood-Hewey, each of us has been generously gifted by parents, teachers, mentors, and others we can never repay. So in gratitude for what we have received, it is now our turn to generously gift the children, the up and coming, and the down and out with no expectation that they can ever repay us and with the hope that they will, in turn, pay forward to another generation. My last quote is by Osho. The moment you become miserly, you are closed to the basic phenomenon of life, expansion, sharing. The moment you start clinging to things, you have missed the target because things are not the target. You. Your innermost being is the target, not a beautiful house, but a beautiful you, not much money, but a rich you, not many things, but an open being available to millions of things. That's the end of the quotes I'd like to share today. I love how you've switched it up for us and kicked off this episode with quotes. Dear listeners, Odds are, this year has likely been extremely tough for each one of you listening. There probably have been many curveballs lodged your way, and if not, then a global pandemic counts, so you've at least had one major curveball that even the greatest batters or catchers would struggle to manage. So in the spirit of U.S. Thanksgiving, I'd just like to take a bit of time to say how grateful I am for each and every one of you. It's so much fun to be able to discuss each of these psychology topics and receive feedback and commentary along the way. 
It really does seem as if within a short period of time, my mom and I have acquired new friends who also like hearing about the various phenomena that impact our day-to-day lives. And part of what I love is that I get to learn from my mom and then also hear various perspectives and experiences from listeners along the way. So thank you all for making this such a cool experience, especially considering there are almost a million active podcasts that exist out there. Thank you for choosing this one to add to your life and then even taking it a step further to share your thoughts. After losing a loved one close to the holidays, this time of year is pretty tough, so every single one of you is a bright spot that I'm just so grateful for. And of course, my mom feels the complete same. It's why we've made it such a priority to include a reminder to email or DM us at the beginning of every episode Because in the same way you all bring my mom and I smiles and laughs with your messages, we would love to do the same for you. And if there's any material you'd like us to cover that might help to do so, then don't hesitate to let us know. On another note, we're only a few hours away from the Catching Curveballs duo reunion. I'm COVID-19 free, or at least my test results state so. But regardless of all of that, we'll still be extremely cautious and we'll have our masks glued to our faces and limit our movement, wash our hands constantly, and more. I know right now is really difficult for many people who aren't able to spend the holidays with their loved ones. So listeners, if you fall in the same category, hang in there. I'll be thinking of you and won't take my ability to see my mom for granted. Okay, quotes and Thanksgiving out of the way. Let's move on to our topic. Today, we're exploring authenticity in the sense of being true to yourself, genuine, being real. You get the idea. And you know, we're always thinking of what makes sense for all of you. So, as a bit of background, we're discussing authenticity at this time because as we wrap up this year, many of us are already thinking of goals or resolutions for next year. And what better than to aim to be more authentic? If you like what we have in store for today, think about it. All right, mom, from a psychological standpoint, what exactly is authenticity? Yes, my daughter, I share all the sentiments you've expressed. Because of our podcast, I've gotten to learn more from you and more about you too. And I've also learned a lot from our listeners, our very supportive catching curveballers. Thank you. It's been fun all the way. Back to your question, what is authenticity? In the American Psychological Association, APA Dictionary of Psychology, there are two definitions of authenticity. One, in psychotherapy and counseling, authenticity is, quote, genuineness and caring demonstrated by the therapist or counselor through a down-to-earth attitude that the client senses to be a reflection of the true person and not simply of a professional acting in his or her professional role, end of quote. Number two, in existentialism, authenticity is, quote, a mode of being that humans can achieve by accepting the burden of freedom, choice, and responsibility, and the need to construct their own values and meanings in a meaningless universe. End of quote. 
Aside from the APA definitions, another definition is that authenticity identifies a person living life in agreement with a person's true self and personal values instead of according to the dictates of the person's society, including social conventions, kinship, and duty. However, it should be noted that references to authenticity goes back to the Greek philosophers. The philosophy of existentialism can be quite intense and a lot to stomach, so I have a feeling we'll fall closer to the APA definition pertaining to that reflection of the true person and the other non-APA definition you provided. What about the origin of authenticity? What's the story there? Once again, from a psychological perspective. Psychological research about the authentic person and the basic characteristics of such a person can be traced to humanists like Carl Rogers' notion of the fully functioning person in the early 1960s and Abraham Maslow's notion of self-actualization in the early 1970s. Most of the research since then seemed to have focused on authenticity, inauthenticity as a trait or disposition. This means that more recently, psychologists distinguish between trait or dispositional and state authenticity or inauthenticity. And when you say disposition, what exactly does dispositional authenticity refer to? When researchers study dispositional authenticity or inauthenticity, they are more or less studying two sides of a coin. One can't be studied without the other. Dispositional inauthenticity or authenticity consists of three aspects. Self-alienation, for example, feeling out of touch with one's true self, that's inauthenticity. Authentic living, for example, living in accordance with one's values and beliefs, and acceptance of external influence, for example, believing that one has to conform to others' expectations. Also, researchers distinguish between dispositional and state authenticity or inauthenticity. State authenticity is the sense that a person is currently in alignment with that person's true or real self. Note that operationalization of state authenticity or inauthenticity also varies. For instance, participants may be asked by researchers to describe an event during which, quote, you felt most like your true or real self. This is state authenticity. And or an event in which, quote, you felt least like your true or real self. That is state inauthenticity. Investigators have studied what they call the intrapersonal aspect of authenticity, for example, living in accordance with one's values, as opposed to authenticity in the context of interactions with others. 
Fascinating. Okay. So authenticity is an individual's ability and willingness to let others see the individual's true self. Also, as some investigators have argued, being authentic means that a person must act in ways that show the person's true self and how the person feels. This means that instead of showing people only a particular side of yourself, you'd express your total self genuinely. And by doing so, that also includes what some investigators have studied, which is, do you actually live in such a way that aligns with your own values, even when others aren't around? Or do you only do so when interacting with others? What then are some factors related to authenticity that psychologists have studied? Modern day psychologists have examined several factors in their attempts to better understand the concept of authenticity. For instance, in a 2018 study, researchers investigated state authenticity or inauthenticity and personality in predicting plain hard to get. In addition, The study examined whether individuals relatively high in various personality traits would be particularly inclined to heed the advice to hide their neediness in relationships and thus more likely to play hard to get. Overall, the results of the study supported that a desire to hide one's true self can cause someone to play hard to get. However, the advice to behave authentically or inauthentically depended on participants' gender and their personality traits, including rejection sensitivity, vulnerable narcissism, and fearful, preoccupied, and secure attachment styles. In a 2016 study, the investigator examined whether the experience of existential anxiety, that is, apprehension associated with emptiness or meaninglessness and guilt or condemnation influenced depression in the presence of authenticity and whether the experience was the same for identified gifted and non-identified gifted college students. Results of the study indicated that influences of existential anxiety and authenticity on depression were not significantly different for students identified as gifted compared with the non-identified gifted. In addition, constructs associated with giftedness, that is, Overexcitability and grades added to the influences of existential anxiety and authenticity on depression. For this sample, anxiety associated with emptiness or meaninglessness and guilt or condemnation was found to have significant associations with depression. Findings suggest that a more profound understanding of the interaction of giftedness and depression is needed 
and that clinical services to gifted students may need to be tailored to account for their emotional and cognitive complexities and other psychological hypersensitivities. Okay, let's pause here because that's quite a lot of information, and I know there are other aspects that would help to further dive into. So first, authenticity can impact our romantic relationships, including by influencing our dating behaviors. Those who have a tendency to be inauthentic can result in their seeming or being more likely to play hard to get. But it's not so simple since our willingness to be authentic depends on various characteristics, including gender, personality, sensitivity to rejection, and attachment style. We then have another study delving into existential anxiety, or that worry of emptiness or leading a meaningless life, and the impact this has on depression when people were deemed authentic, with side-by-side comparison groups of gifted versus non-gifted students. In which it turns out, it's actually not that simple being deemed as gifted because there wasn't a significant difference in existential anxiety and authenticity on depression. In addition, the role of authenticity as a buffer or cushion against depression should be considered in both therapeutic interventions with students and in general with interpersonal relationships. In a 2014 conceptual paper about authenticity and healing, the author argued that caring and compassion cannot be faked, that these are not actions that can be performed automatically, but are states of being that arise from inside a person to make healing connection with others in need. According to the author, to be authentically healing requires that we live authentic lives. The author described authenticity from a psycho-spiritual perspective, discussed the components of authentic caring, and ended with an exploration of ways to cultivate the authenticity of our lives in general and in the efforts to heal others. The author quoted another author who had suggested that, quote, to be authentic is to be who we truly are, free from the pressures of society to conform to the forces of materialism, social, mores, or other coercive forces. It involves an exigent standard of being true and of representing the truth while being paradoxically both, quote, spontaneous and appropriate. In the caregiving context, the author claims that people are themselves while also being professional. Caregivers are genuine, expressing what they know to be true for themselves, but with care not to cause harm to others though what they do or say may disturb others in the name of, quote, driving change or stimulating growth, end of quote. The author identifies the characteristics of authenticity to include creativity, coherence of experience, understanding and action, self-awareness, integrity, faith, spontaneity, honesty, vulnerability, openness, humility, and conviction. 
Thus, to be authentic is to be creative, to not be set in a rigid mindset that fails to take in new information, listen to one's feelings and intuitions, and continuously synthesize new understandings of oneself, others, and the world. I think it's natural at this point to wonder how to be more authentic, considering the potential relationship it has to so many aspects of our lives and well-being. What are some strategies we can use to develop or enhance our authenticity? In this regard, I found an article written by Michelle Shabazayan and her colleagues useful. They described the development of authenticity as a three-part process. Engage your authentic self, behave authentically, and treat others with authenticity with each part having its own components. Engage your authentic self by accepting yourself for who you are, by supporting your self-esteem, by acting on your personal beliefs and values, and by putting time into personal growth. Behave authentically by being fully present in whatever circumstances you find yourself, by trusting your intuition when it comes to behavior and relationships, by expressing your thoughts and feelings by asking people for help when you need it, and by being vulnerable. Treat others with authenticity by maintaining the same face or personality for social functions, by telling the truth as much as possible, and by maintaining long-term relationships. I really love those. And for this topic, did some investigation myself since although being authentic sounds easy enough, it also can be tricky because you can't help but wonder how your displays of your true self will be perceived by others or potentially be viewed as disrespectful or inappropriate. I was reading a Psychology Today article on the seven core qualities of authentic people, and they described it as, quote, Authentic people possess a number of common characteristics that show they are psychologically mature and fully functioning as human beings, end quote. Clearly, if they don't possess all seven, they're only partially functioning. Just kidding, the article didn't say this bit. But the seven characteristics they detail are that these individuals have a realistic perception of reality, are accepting of themselves and other people, are thoughtful, have a non-hostile sense of humor, are able to express their emotions freely and clearly, are open to learning from their mistakes, and understand their motivations. This is in contrast to those who are inauthentic. Inauthentic people being those who are self-deceptive and unrealistic in their perceptions of reality, look to others for approval and to feel valued, are judgmental of other people, do not think things through clearly, have a hostile sense of humor, are unable to express their emotions freely and clearly, are not open to learning from their mistakes, and do not understand their own motivations. They also take it a step further by explaining that if behind what a person says and does is a defensive and self-deceptive approach to life, then no matter how passionate and committed they are to a cause, ultimately they are not being true to themselves. 
I found that statement so beautiful, I had to share it with our listeners. And before I even continue, I think that's the major takeaway with this episode. In the many settings of your life, not only as you interact with others, but also as you're just with yourself, in those moments, what exactly is your approach to life? Are you being true to who you are and the values you hold? Or are you employing deception even to yourself? And while we're at it, it's no easy feat and answering those questions isn't just a simple yes or no. Well, it actually might be if you've had this moment of reflection in your life already, but for many people, it isn't so simple. Part of the complexity is that in certain situations, it can be argued as being problematic to be too authentic. The Harvard Business Review has this amazing article about the authenticity paradox. In it, they explain why leaders struggle with authenticity and discuss two psychological profiles psychologist Mark Snyder has identified when it comes to authenticity and leadership styles. Listeners, you know this is one of my favorite things to do, so humor me here and put on your leadership hats. Regardless of your profession or job title or how you spend your day, odds are you have this leadership hat on at some point. So for the sake of this exercise, just grab it from your coat hanger or wherever you've last placed it and put it on your head for me. The two psychological profiles are high self-monitors or chameleons. These are leaders who maintain the outward appearance of having it all together. They really care about their public image and mask feelings of vulnerability. They're flexible and able to adapt to the demands of any situation, and although they might not get things right the first time, they continue to navigate and try different approaches. They can therefore be seen as disingenuous since they're holding their cards close to their chest. Interestingly enough, these individuals tend to climb up the corporate ladder quickly. On the other hand, we have our true-to-selfers, also known as low-self-monitors. These individuals are those who openly express how they're feeling or what they're thinking. They seriously reveal all of their cards. But the paradox here is that this level of candor isn't necessarily the leadership style most want to see. In truth, there can be some loss of credibility from others looking for a more confident and seemingly capable leader. Now, which one of those leadership hats do you wear? Do you have on the chameleon hat or the true-to-selfers hat? I mentioned this article because being authentic doesn't mean there isn't room for evolving or learning from your life experiences. It doesn't just mean you are who you are starting on day one and that's it. It also doesn't mean that you must be completely transparent to the point of sharing every single thought or feeling. This applies whether you have your leadership hat on or off. All right, you can all take off your leadership hats. For those who might still need it, keep it on, but that's a different story. Okay, mom. Let's wrap up and have you share your quote for today. My quote for today is by Erin Rogers, and I quote, Authenticity is everything. You have to wake up every day and look in the mirror, and you want to be proud of the person who is looking back at you. And you can only do that if you're being honest with yourself and being a person of high character. You have an opportunity every single day to write that story of your life. End of quote. Well, that is all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. 
Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can follow us on Instagram at catchingcurveballspodcast. That's catchingcurveballspodcast. And if you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.